0: What are we discussing on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast? Why the Dominic Fletcher trade to the Chicago White Sox for pitching prospect Christian Mayna could be a win-win for both teams, and power ranking the biggest camp battles as we enter spring training. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast Welcome into the Locked on Diamondbacks Podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. And one of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe to Locked on Dimebacks on YouTube. Now for today's show, we're going to be talking about... A little bit about the spring training caps, I want to give a couple of thoughts on the new D-backs caps for this year's spring training. We'll actually power rank the biggest camp battles as we enter spring training, but before we get there, I first want to talk about a trade that the D-backs pulled off in the last couple days, Mike Hazen, as we get close to spring training, everyone's starting to report, Hazen is still not done working this offseason, and listen... Note to most GMs out there, outside of Mike Hazen or outside of like Andrew Freeman of the Dodgers, there's still a ton of really good free agents out there. I mean, for Christ's sake, the reigning Cy Young Award winner from the National League, still unsigned, Cody Bellinger unsigned, Matt Chapman, Jordan Montgomery, World Series pitcher like J.D. Martinez. Please, guys, GMs of other teams, go out there and make some moves because... Those quality players should not be unsigned as we get this close to spring training. Absolutely disgusting by Major League Baseball. But one guy who has not sat on his hands like the other GMs this offseason is Mike Hazen of the Arizona Diamondbacks because he once again strikes with a deal with the Chicago White Sox. D-backs trade one of their top 12-ish prospects. I think he was like their number... 10 or 11 prospect, uh, according to MLB Pipeline, Dominic Fletcher, young outfielder. We saw him last year with the D-backs. He had a you know little cup of coffee with the D-backs last year. Didn't have a huge sample size, but in the sample size that Fletcher did have, he looked really good for Arizona. 28 games, 301 average, 791 OPS. And there was a legit stretch there where Dominic Fletcher was one of the hottest players in Major League Baseball, it felt like Dominic Fletcher did carry this team uh, for a stretch of time there. I mean, in his first 21 games, 303 average and an 806 OPS, Dominic Fletcher was tearing the cover off the ball when he was first called up by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now he wasn't able to sustain it for you know the long haul, but through the first 16 games of his. Career with the D-backs, 375 average, 10.14 OPS. So just got called up and immediately was tearing the cover off the ball. Can he do that over the course of a full season? I don't know, but the Chicago White Sox are willing to roll the dice on a Dominic Fletcher. And in return, the D-backs get themselves a nice little pitching prospect in Christian Maina, who is pretty young himself, and he is now like the number 12 prospect in the D-backs farm system, according to MLB Pipeline. So, why did the D-backs do a deal right before we get into spring training? Well, one of the reasons is because the D-backs were pretty loaded with lefty outfielders, Right. You're going to be starting Lords Gurriel in left field. He's a righty, of course, but you're going to be starting him. Then we look at the rest of the outfield Alec Thomas, center field, lefty, Corbin Carroll, right field, uh, lefty as well. So you got two lefties already. And then when you think about who could be potentially. The, the fourth outfielder in that mix. Jake McCarthy's an option. He's a lefty. Of course, McFletcher Fletcher's an option. He's a lefty. A guy like Jorge Barosa is also someone that's been rumored. It looks like he's going to give uh, get a shot during uh, spring training as well. He's a switch hitter, but Being a switch hitter means you can also bat lefty, of course. So when you think about outside of Lords Guriel, like that's a lot of lefty options for the D backs in their outfield. And considering they had so much depth in that left field, or considering there's so much depth among the outfielders that were lefties, the D backs had no problem moving off of Dominic Fletcher and getting back another pitching prospect, more depth for your rotation, more depth for your bullpen, could never have too many pitchers, so the D-backs were not afraid to move off of Fletcher, considering you already had Thomas, McCarthy, Carroll, and Jorge Barrosa as four other outfielders who could bat lefty, and then also this is potentially the highest selling point that you could trade a Dominic Fletcher because of that really strong showing he had with the D-backs last year. The opportunities won't be as abundant this year. There might not be a three-week stretch like he got last year where Dominic Fletcher was able to just play every single day. That might not be the case next year. So if your playing time is a little bit more hit or miss, you're probably not going to perform as well. So could have been the highest selling point for Dominic Fletcher might have been a sell high for the D-backs on a Fletcher, so I could see why they moved him from that perspective. And then also, you do get back a very intriguing pitching prospect in Mena who could eventually, down the line, be a mid-rotation starter. So you get rid of an area where you have a surplus of lefty outfielders, and you bring back a super young pitching prospect, you could see why Mike Hazen was very intrigued with the deal. And what does Mike Hazen like about Christian Mena exactly? Well, in 27 starts last year between Double A AA and Triple A, he had 4.85 ERA, over 133.2 innings pitch. But Mena, he is super young, still super raw, six foot three. 210 pounds, only 21 years old, and he was pitching against double A and triple A guys at 20 years old last year. So, a guy with major upside, 156 strikeouts in those 133 innings. So, it was like a 26% K rate, 10.5 strikeouts per nine. Needs to work on the walk. The walks are where he probably has his biggest issue. He had like a double digit walk rate last year. That's probably the biggest issue he has, but. When you look at the repertoire for Mena, he has a mid 90s fastball, low 80s curveball, a slider, a changeup that's still developing. Like, this is a guy with a potential four pitch arsenal with a plus fastball. Like, you see the makeup of his stuff, and you can see why Mike Hazen wants to take a risk on him, wants to swing. On a because if you hit on a that's like a home run kind of a play. Dominic Fletcher, we love him, but he's in his late 20s now, or he's entering his late 20s at least, 26, 27 years old. Mena, only 21 years old. So you get a much younger player in return who you think has major upside. So I can see why the D backs didn't mind trading away a surplus outfielder to get this really intriguing pitching prospect. And when you think about who won the deal between the D-backs and White Sox, like you can really say this was a win-win for both sides because I think the White Sox are going to win the deal in the short term, but long term, the D-backs definitely have the potential to win this deal. The White Sox needed a right fielder going to going into this year. They have Luis Robert, they have Andrew Bantendi, but that third outfielder, really just a mix of just guys. Dominic Fletcher is at least a high floor guy and will be ready bat. Good glove like Fletcher should not. uh, Fletcher at least has the ability to man right field and at least be a bridge player until you think you can upgrade Fletcher or maybe Fletcher improves enough to where he can be an everyday outfielder for the next few years maybe he doesn't turn into a superstar but could he be another Tendy type player where Ben Tendy is right now in his career sure I think Dominic Fletcher could be that guy could he even could he even at least be his brother David Fletcher who stuck around for a few years as a major league veteran outfielder that could be the case as well I think Fletcher at least is that MLB body in a real MLB bat that the White Sox Considering their other options, I think Fletcher is definitely better than any other option that they had. And then when you think about Mena, this is someone that probably isn't ready for the big leagues right now. He's going to be starting the year in AAA, but he's not far off from the majors. Again, at 20 years old, pitching in A and AAA, this guy has real potential and potentially could get some looks in spring training as that number five starter. Uh, I don't think he will be the number five starter or anything like that, but down the line, could be the D-backs number five starter of the future, considering Gallen, Kelly, Erod, and Fott are all going to be the one through four for at least, what, the next two to three years at the very least, right? Merrill Kelly in his mid-30s, he'll be the one to bump out, but... The other three definitely feel like they're going to be around for the next two to three years. And so maybe Mena could be the number four and number five starter for the D-backs down the line going forward. So I think this was a really smart move by both teams. I think the White Sox win in the short term. I think the D-backs win in the long term. And in the long term, it could be a home run for Mike Hazen if Christian Mena develops those secondary pitches and really hits on his ceiling. So really smart move by both sides. And once again, Mike Hazen making moves right before we get into spring training. Now, we're going to be power ranking the biggest camp battles as we enter spring training. But if you think the D-backs, have a chance of winning the 2024 World Series, and you want to place a little futures bet on Arizona, then you need to head to head to FanDuel Sportsbook to place that futures bet because happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. Best believe, when I'm doing my Super Bowl bet this week, I'm doing everything on the Chiefs. I think the 49ers have a better team, but I cannot go against the GOAT I'm already calling him the GOAT, Patrick Mahomes. So I will be laying all my money down on the Chiefs this weekend, and maybe you'll join me. And if you're a new customer, join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash lockdown to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown. Make every moment more with Fanduel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, all right, let's get back into the Lockdown Bad Bucks podcast. Let's power rank the biggest camp battles as we enter spring training because I currently think there's really four big battles as we enter spring training. Maybe there's one more or not, but I think these are really the top four. Spring training battles that we're going to see as we enter camp. The biggest one by far, I think, is who is going to be the number five starter for the D backs. And just note to self for the audience, we will be going into detail with each camp battle throughout the week. So I'm not going to give all my thoughts on who I think should win the camp battles here. We'll do that more throughout the throughout the week as we flush out each of these camp battles. But right now, I just want to give you a little tease and tell you which are the biggest camp battles as we enter spring training. I think the biggest one is who is going to be the number five starter for the D-backs. This is going to come down to mainly two candidates, I believe, Tommy Henry or Ryan Nelson. Tommy Henry seems to be the favorite for this uh, job just based off comments from Mike Hazen. And honestly, with how Tommy Henry looked last year, like Tommy Henry last season for the D-backs did look pretty solid. He looked way better than I've ever would have thought of Tommy Henry. I've never been a big Tommy Henry guy, but coming off the way he pitched last season, he's probably the guy I'm going to be riding with entering this spring training. Don't want to spoil the segment too much. Uh, Probably talk about it tomorrow, but it seems like Tommy Henry probably has the inside track, but Ryan Nelson, remember last year, Ryan Nelson was the guy that had a very strong case to be in the back end of the rotation after coming off a really strong 2022 to end the year. People loved him entering 2023, struggled throughout the season. So Ryan Nelson is looking for a redemption. And of course, he was healthy to end the season last year. Tommy Henry was not so maybe that gives a leg up on ryan nelson considering he was healthy they get to pitch a little bit in the postseason and he has a lot to prove i'm sure he's going to be entering spring training with chip on his shoulder so those are the two main competitors for who potentially could be the number five starter for the d-backs tommy henry or ryan nelson but there's also some other guys that could get into the mix right bryce jarvis slay kakoni I still think might have a shot. I think they'll at least get a look in spring training as the number five starter. I don't think they're as realistic. They're probably more long relief options for the D-backs coming out the pen. But again, I don't mind either of those guys. I'm probably more of a Bryce Jarvis guy because he throws a little bit harder. But I think both of them showed some flashes last year for the D-backs. And if Tommy Henry and Ryan Nelson absolutely get cooked in spring training, I wouldn't mind. Tori Lavello, Mike Hazen giving one of those guys a look. And then once again, the sleeper in spring training for who could be the number five starter is the guy the D-backs just acquired at 21 years old. If Christian Mena won the number five job, it would be a bit of a surprise because all reports so far seem like he's going to start the year in AAA. But if he comes out just dazzling in spring training and just looks absolutely electric and his stuff looks already more improved than what it was Last year in the minors with the Chicago White Sox, like, uh, just be on the lookout, just keep him on the radar. I would be a little bit surprised if he did win the number five job, but I just want to keep Christian Mena on the radar as a potential number five option. And then the second biggest camp battle, I think, as we enter spring training is who is going to be the number four outfielder for the Arizona Dimebacks. Like we said before, Lords Guriel. Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, that seems to be the locked-in starting outfield for the D-backs entering 2024. But how about that fourth outfield spot? I still love him. Jakey Wakey, Jake McCarthy, I would love for him to be the fourth outfielder. He still has the wheels, and if he can at least be a good contact hitter, like Jake McCarthy's never going to have major pop he's never going to have the power but if he can be a 280 hitter and just work on drawing walks and getting on base and just continue to create havoc like we know jake mccarthy has the wheels and if jake mccarthy somehow plays 80 games he's probably going to steal 30 plus bases because that is what jake mccarthy does but he has to improve from an offensive standpoint because his defense, it's not like he's Alec Thomas. His defense is just all right. So he really needs his contact ability to be up closer to what it was in 2022 if he wants to stick around as the D-backs fourth outfielder. If he doesn't win it, the sneaky guy, seems like this spring training that everyone has to watch out for is Jorge Barosa. Now Barosa, I don't think is uh, listed as the biggest guy only five foot five, 165, but this dude is supposed to be pretty electric. He had 13 home runs last year in 120 games with 15 stolen bases in Triple A last year uh, for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And of course, everyone. Hits the ball really well in Triple A. So so did Jorge Barosa. It seems like people really like his hitting tool. They think he's a pretty quality hitter. They think he could play solid defense as well. I don't like his frame. I don't like his stature. I'm never going to be in love with someone that only stands at five foot five because I think the percentile of athlete you have to be if you're five foot five has to be like 98th percentile or something like that. Because unless you're like Jose Altuve. I just don't know how many players in the league could be, you know, everyday major leaguers if you're only a five foot five kind of a guy. I, I just don't know what kind of profile that translates to on the major league level. Now, a guy like Jose Altuve, he's like, what, five seven and an absolute power machine. I don't think Jorge Barroso would do that. But if he could be 10 to 12 home runs and 15 to 20 stolen bases, you know, if that's his peak as a player. I think that would be pretty interesting as a fourth outfielder. And that's, of course, that's me giving projections if he hit his ceiling as an everyday player. So if Jorge Barosa does come in as a fourth outfielder, that means he crushed it this spring training. That means Jake McCarthy will probably be going back down to the minors. But the real wild card, I think, in the... Who should be the D-backs fourth outfielder discussion is a guy that we talked about with Lindsey Crosby of Lockdown MLB Prospects because this is kind of his final season with the D-backs, his big make or break year because I think he's out of options. Christian Robinson I could be wrong about that but this feels like it has to be Christian Robinson's year or he's just going to be done with the D-backs he's someone when you look at the peripheral stats the numbers are still really impressive for Christian Robinson like you just look at the stats I'm gonna pull them up real quick you just look at what he did last year in the minor leagues like they're still kind of jaw-dropping considering he hadn't played since 2019. 2023 was the first time he played since 2019. And still, last season um, in A, not the prettiest stats in terms of the batting average, only 250 average, but a 982 OPS in A and overall in, a hun- in 65 games between... Double A, high A, and single A, 283 average, 915 OPS, 14 home runs, and 23 stolen bases. That's what he did in 65 games between four levels, actually, last year. And for Robinson, the issue is going to be strikeouts. He did strike out a ton last year. Needs to be better. Um... Needs to command the strike zone better as well. Like there's still a lot of flaws in Christian Robinson's game, but when you just look at the peripheral stats between what he did between the four, four levels last year with the D-backs, again, 283 average, 915 OPS, 14 home runs, 23 stolen bases in 65 games. The peripheral, traditional stats were really nice for Christian Robinson. You wonder if he can actually put it all together. the major league level and if he crushes in spring training maybe the d-backs give him an opportunity to finally be the guy in arizona considering he was the number one prospect for so long maybe this could finally be the year that christian Robinson plays on the arizona diamondbacks major league level and i think i would be pretty open to the idea real dynamic athlete but all going to come down it's all going to come down to how he looks in spring training so Christian Robinson I think is the wild card for who could be the fourth outfielder for the D-backs in 2024 now I'll tell you about two more spring training camp battles that the D-backs have entering 2024 but first right, let's get back into the lock on Dimebacks podcast. Let me tell you about two more camp battles for the D-backs as we enter spring training. The third biggest camp battle, I think, is who's going to be the second lefty in the bullpen. Now, the D-backs, you typically carry eight relievers right in the bullpen. We're probably going to have six righties, two lefties. And if that's the case, the three lefties for the d bullpen right now is Man Sal Frank, and Kyle Nelson. And really, Mantiplier probably the lock of that three. So it really comes down to Sal Frank or Kyle Nelson. I think we're probably leaning South Frank right now, but it is going to be a discussion as we enter spring training. The D-backs are just so loaded with righty relievers that I think one of those three lefties is going to get kicked out. Because when you look at the D-backs righty reliever situation right now, I mean, the guys that could potentially be in the D-backs bullpen, Miguel Castro, Slay Cacone, Bryce Jarvis, Justin Martinez, Kevin Ginkle, Scott McGuff, Luis Frias, Paul Seawald, uh, Peter Strew, whatever, how you say his last name, like that's nine righties right there. So the D-backs, we've seen them carry three lefties before, but typically it feels like they want to go six righties, two lefties. So who's going to be? left out between Mantiply, Salfring, and Kyle Nelson. At times throughout the year, they will carry three lefties, but for the most part, they will only have two for a majority of the season. So which of those guys will get the short end of the stick? That's what the D-backs will have to figure out this spring training. And then the final big camp battle for the D-backs this spring training, I think is going to be who is the backup catcher? Of course, Gabriel Moreno will be holding down the fort for a majority of the season, but the days where he's not catching or just DHing, who's going to be the backup? The two options mainly seems like it's going to be Jose Herrera versus Tucker Barnhart. Herrera already played with the D backs last year, familiar guy, been with the organization for a couple years now. Tucker Barnhart long-time major league veteran, used to be a pretty quality catcher, but now uh, definitely in the twilight of his career. So which direction do the D-backs go there? Personally, I don't have strong thoughts either way. We'll talk about it later this week, but um again, I don't have strong thoughts either way. I, I don't think that's the sexiest storyline entering spring training, right? Who's going to be the backup catcher? I think whoever you pick is probably going to put up similar results. So I don't think that's going to move the needle too much. Who's the backup catcher for the d back So we're not going to we're not going to be as locked in on the backup catcher as like we're going to be for the number 5 starter for the d back So that's the big four in terms of camp battles entering spring training. Number 5 starter, fourth outfielder, second lefty and backup catcher. Now, I just want to give a few thoughts, just a couple thoughts on the D-backs spring training hat, because I got to say, absolutely love the new teal look. The D-backs uniforms this season going with a stronger emphasis on the teal, using it more as an accent mark on everything. We see as the accent on the D-backs official A logo we see it on their new the, the, the snake that they're bringing back, that has a teal outline as well. And now their spring training hat, all teal hat. Absolutely love the shade of teal as the spring training cap. I think it looks sexy. I think it looks beautiful. The only complaint that I have is I wish that they put the new D snake that they have that they're bringing back. I wish that they put that on the spring training cap like they did last year. Because last year they had the like the Serpientes D on the spring training cap. Now that they have that new, I don't even know what you call that really, but that new snake that turns into a D, right? They, they they got the old version of the snake that turns into a D. So I wish that was on this hat instead of the snake eating the baseball. I think it would have been a great way to reintroduce that logo for this upcoming season. And I think it would just look a little bit cleaner, uh, a little bit cleaner on the hat as opposed to the logo that they currently have on the hat, but when compared to this D-back spring training cap compared to the rest of Major League Baseball, the D-backs definitely ate. Most of these spring training caps are just not very fun or just pretty uneventful. I kind of like how the D-back spring training cap doesn't feel exactly D-backs. like It feels like a one-off hat, which I think is pretty cool for spring training. Like A lot of these teams just basically just do straight up what they would normally do for the regular season, like the Yankees, the angels, like it's boring. They just do their normal logo on like a normal colored hat. But the D backs, they don't have like an all teal uniform this year. This Teal hat is kind of the strongest teal that they'll use throughout the whole season. So I kind of like how it's like a one-off just for spring training. Kind of gives me Kansas City Royals vibe just a little bit. But I think that's okay because I really do love the Kansas City Royals shades of blue. I think this shade of teal is really strong for the Arizona Dimeback. So big fan of the D-backs new spring training caps in 2024. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. We're back to five days a week. So come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight as always. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. says.